On today's episode, tape 16, Spirit of 67 by Paul Revere and the Raiders and Permanent Damage by the GTOs. Trust the Wizards present Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s. Before going on tour with his band, Guided by Voices, in 2001, Robert Pollard recorded his favourite records onto 62 double-sided cassettes. Music from 1966 to 1971, from the best-known bands of the era to obscure, unheard-of psychedelic curios. The Wizards are on a mission to listen to and explore every groove. Kicker and Chorizo invite you to turn off your mind, relax and float downstream as you listen to Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late Sixties. The first album we're going to talk about uh, on this show is uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders' The Spirit of 67, uh, which came out in November 66. Um, And really, at that point, uh, the band were kind of at their peak of popularity. And they were playing uh, hundreds of of gigs every year uh, and also appearing on an ABC TV show called Where the Action Is, five five days a week. So they were hugely popular. Uh, And in fact, this album itself did go top ten and contains three big hits. Uh, I'm not sure that they all necessarily went number ten, but uh, the... uh, the band itself started to break up at this point. This was kind of the last album that the the classic lineup of Paul Revere and the Raiders, which was Mark Lindsay, uh, Phil Fang Folk, nice nickname yeah. there, uh, Mike, and you like this nickname, Smitty Smith, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Revere, who, who isn't really on the album very much, to be fair. Right. Um, uh, he became more of a manager, I think. Um, and then, and then there's a, a couple of guitar players on it: Jim Valley and Drake Levine. Uh, I think that's the right pronunciation of his, his name. So anyway, it's, it's the co- sort of a core classic lineup. Um, but three of those members would leave um, after this album was released. So it's kind of uh, they, they ch- kind of changed direction after this. But this was a big album. Um, okay. Nevertheless, it was an album I didn't know at all before it became part of this list and part of something that I had to hunt down. So I don't know about you, but it's, this, this was kind of new to me, um, not necessarily for this show, because I've obviously listened to it before then, but uh, apart from that list being on Pollard's list, I hadn't heard about anything from it. Had you? No, uh, I, I think I've heard um, the final track. I, I, that, that seemed a bit familiar. But no, all I knew of Paul Revere is... Um, the, the the original Paul Revere, the one who's mentioned in Tombstone's Blues with uh, Paul Revere's horse, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it's not him. It's not different, him. different no, guy. He'd have had to be a couple of two hundred years old by then, wouldn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what did Paul Revere do in the band before he kind of semi-retired and became the manager? Well, he was a keyboard player. Right. Okay. Presumably, he started uh, the band then. And is he really called Paul Revere? I think the the one thing we know for sure about Paul Revere is that he wasn't called Paul Revere. I, no, I don't know. I don't okay. know. He got them into the, the hats and all the costumes and stuff and all that. So um, what do they so do? Quite... They, they dressed up like, you know, American Revolution people, did they? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's them. And, and actually, on, I've got a, this this album on CD. Uh, it's actually a, a, a re, repress of the CD that uh, Cherry Red put out. It's really good, actually. It's, it's got a very informative booklet, which I wish I could remember stuff from. Um, but the, the pictures of the band on the front... Uh, they, they are. I would say that they are in pink jackets with white frilly shirts. It's a, it's a 
distinctive look. Right, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and they wore that on TV five nights a week. Yeah, well, I think they changed costume, but right. uh, yes, that's that's the deal. So, so hugely popular band. Not like not like the sort of thing that we necessarily play on our podcast generally. Um, but yeah, the, the three hits from this album were "Good Thing," which opens the album. Right. Uh, the one you mentioned, the last one, which is "The Great Airplane Strike," that was a, that was a hit. Yeah. And the really big hit was "Hungry," which opens side two. Ah, um, right. So those those are the three killer killer tracks. And actually, I, I mean, listening to it. Those are the three best tracks, I think, by far. Right. Well, I mean, the, it's very derivative, isn't it? It's very British Invasion. If you didn't know that this wasn't a British Invasion band, you just assume they were a British Invasion band. And it's yeah. in the, the large majority of it is very, 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 very Rolling Stones. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the drumming in particular is, is in the production. Uh, but a lot of the singing... And a lot of the songs almost seem like direct lifts from the Rolling Stones. Uh, and some of the more interesting stuff, I feel, is when they veer away from that a little bit and go mm. off into something a bit more interesting. I think the, the key, key instrumentation, actually, you're, you're right in what you say, but the, for me, what, make, what makes it an album that I quite like um, is the bass. I think the sound of the bass playing is fantastic. There's there's a whole range of really fuzzy bass tones and all sorts of things. In fact, one of the, one of the tracks, the the the, the single "Hungry," uh, famously the the bass player there recorded three separate bass lines which were overlaid on each other using different effects. Yeah, um, and it's great. I, I think that's that's really uh, good. Well, that's a cover, by the way. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. No, no. Tell me about yeah. it. Well, no, it's a cover. Um, it's it's uh, is it Man and Vile? Oh yeah, Barry Mann and somebody vile, yeah, yeah. Cynthia, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, sort of um, thrill building songwriters, aren't they? That's right. Yeah, yeah. so it's, okay, it, right. that's that's what it is. Yeah, um, and I think I think Louise is a cover as well, but I can't remember who yeah. who by. Certainly, Louise is is um, is is my favourite bassline on the album. Uh, it's yeah, not, it's not particularly a favourite song. It's, it, it's some of the songs feel a bit slight and that there's an awful lot of songs where I've written this sounds a bit like Get Off My Cloud um, <laughs> Louise is very stones the bass line is the best thing about it it also is a bit Drive My Car in the verses um, but, it's got a yeah, good guitar solo yeah uh, but the bass line for me was the best thing about that uh, going back to Hungry Hungry I quite liked because it was a bit more garagey it was a bit more raw than some of the other stuff um, mm. it sounds like The Who uh but mm. sort of the Who, maybe a year or so before '66. Um, didn't you? Didn't you think the vocals sounded a bit Fergal Sharky in places? Uh, I didn't notice that. No, when I, when me and my brother were kids, we used to go to the swimming pool and we used to get, go underwater to do impressions of Fergal Sharky because he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got that lovely voice. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think it's a bit of that. Uh, but interestingly, well, I don't know if it's interesting, but uh, factually, um, the 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 lead singer on. Uh, that particular track decided it would be appropriate. Um, this is Mark Lindsay uh, to strip off, okay. and uh, in fact, the uh, the final recording, he's completely naked singing that. Yeah, oh, I wondered what that which improves it. The percussive improves slapping it. sound was. <laughs> 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 the, the slow songs. I've got to say, the slower songs. Uh, I didn't really care for that much. We. The, the, We've we've listened in this series. We've listened to songs like that being done a lot better. So I, the, the all about her one reminded yeah. me a bit of the zombies, and it reminded me a bit of Graham Goldman. 
but it's it's not got it's not as interesting musically as the zombies and it's not as interesting lyrically as yeah. Graham Gorman. Similarly for Oh to Be a Man, which I did actually quite like. I did actually quite like, especially the verses, because I like the lyrics and it's about it's a it's a critique of the working life, isn't it? It's basically you grow up and you just, you know, birth school work deaf, as the Godfathers put it. That's and then it's a good good bit about that. And then the, the other bit that comes in where it goes childhood, wildhood, I want to play with my toys or whatever. So that was a bit silly and spoiled the song for me. But I like the verses. Um and there's a lot where it's a little bit if 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 you're gonna carry on if I'm gonna carry on with the Stones comparisons, and I am, then it would mm. be as Tears Go By, Lady Jane, Ruby Tuesday, that kind of side of the Stones, which mm. isn't really a song. There's a harpsichord. There is a harpsichord. Um and then there's Undecided as well, which I also quite liked. Um, but it's quite very Eleanor Rigby. Uh well, yeah. <laughs> um but it, it gets good later on when it's not trying to be Eleanor Rigby quite as much when it, when it's got a good instrumental part part. Um, but yeah, so uh, the bits I really liked, my favourite bits is when, you know, my, my theory about the Stones is when they were doing stuff in the mid 60s, like 19th Nervous Breakdown, Get Off My Cloud, Mother's Little Helper, um, those, Have You Seen Your Mother, Have You Seen Your Mother Baby Standing in the Shadows, those kind of songs, which is for my taste the best bit of the Stones. Mm, they'd heard a bit of Dylan, they'd heard of Bob Dylan, and they were going down those kind of slightly more surreal lyrical roots you know a bit like highway 61 revisited a bit like bringing it all back home and the songs i really liked off this album are the ones where they verge into sort of dylan-esque mm, so our candidate you're gonna say our candidate you? definitely sounds like that definitely sounds like something off bring it all back home it's specifically it sounds like outlaw blues but it's but it's a bluesy song with funny words and, and rather surreal words. And, and the last... But also the, the, vocal, the vocal delivery as well is very Dylan, I think. It's sung by uh, Smitty Smith. Smitty Smith. Smitty 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 Smitty. Good old Smitty Smitty Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he wrote that one as well. It reminds me a bit yeah. of Bob Dylan's 115th Dream because it's quite... Sort of goes off on a sort of flight of fancy. fancy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And, and, the, and the last song, what's it called? The Great Airplane Strike as well. Yeah. That's quite... Um, Dylan-y, quite nervous, 19 nervous breakdown. Um, yeah, I enjoyed those the most by some distance, I would say. I also quite like my community. You know it's on organ there, don't you? It's not Van Dyke Parks, is it? It is Van Dyke oh, Parks. He keeps popping up, doesn't he? He keeps he does, popping yeah. up all over the place, yeah. Um, a good film. Uh, that one reminded me a bit of Fortune Teller, you know, the old... Um, you know, uh, New Orleans song that that was covered by the Stones and and the Who and various others. Yeah, it's right. Well, I'm surprised. I'm stuff. surprised you haven't mentioned the Thousand and One Arabian Nights there because I think that's that's the song. I mean, it's not necessarily one of my favourites on on here, uh, but I did think that 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 sounded like um, basically Brian Jones Town Massacre have made a career out of that song. Yeah, I just thought it was kind of the obligatory Eastern influenced. Song that you've got to have by 1966 on your album. <laughs> yes. Now the Beatles have done it, so we've all got a sticker. You know, we've heard that before with the the Hollies, wasn't it? I think the Hollies had yeah. had that. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, it's it's an Arabian thing. It's got sort of weird modal scales on it. Uh, it's got an oud on it. Oud. Oud. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it. Nah, that didn't do a lot for me. That one. No. You know, I, 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 in fact, um, the. Some of the song times when I've uh, listened to this album, I found myself skipping that one when you get about halfway through. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, well, I did 
think was interesting was uh, like like the playing. The playing's great. You know, all mm. all of the playing is really really good. They're cl- clearly you know good musicians. I just think they lack a bit of origin originality when it comes to the songwriting uh, because there's quite a lot. I mean, good thing that you mentioned was a hit. There's a bit in I know that's co-written with Terry Melcher, who was involved with the Beach Boys round about the time round about this time. There's a bit of Beach Boys, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and there's a bit where the whole music stops and they go good, 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 good. I mean, it's 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 not a bit like the Beach Boys. It's pretty much a direct lift from the Beach Boys. Well, I mean, it's an homage. It's the same words and the same melody. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a different song. Uh, interesting. Did you know that that song is? Uh, I I've heard that song before. I heard this album. Yeah, on um, Pet because... Sounds. <laughs> No, it's on uh, Tarantino's um, soundtrack for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I haven't seen that film yet. So uh, uh-huh. yeah, it's on me. It's on me watch list. Oh, I'll listen out for yeah, it but, in that. Yeah, yeah, it's in, it's in that. I, I think it's a good song. I, I mean, I think basically there's there's very little I dislike. I, I would agree with you that the slow songs are the ones that, that do the least for me. I actually quite like the idea of a thousand one April nights, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been done before. But yeah, all, it's, it's kind of all about her. Oh, to be a man, uh, undecided man. Uh, those are the ones that I, I can do without. And if I'm skipping anything, I'm skipping those. But the the, the quicker ones, I was playing it again um, just before we 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 contacted each other and. I'm singing along to Good Thing and In My Community and Louise and Hungry and Our Candidate. I'm, you know, they, they're catchy songs, yeah. even I, if they've been done by other people first. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that they are that, that I dislike them. Or yeah, they, yeah. You know, I agree with everything you say. They're good songs. I just feel like if I once once we've finished once we've finished listening to this this album for this podcast, I just feel like I probably won't go back and listen to any of these songs again. Because if I want to listen to something that sounds like this, I'll go and listen to The Who Sell Out or I'll go and listen to Mid-60s Stones or, or something like that, you know, because fair, it, fair, it sounds fair. like a bit like that, but, or, or, you know, or Mid-60s Dylan, it sounds a bit like all of those, but not as good as any of those. I, I suppose, but that's a high benchmark, isn't it? I mean, of I course, think if you... Of course. You know, and, and I, but I think... To be fair, I reckon almost all of the albums we've, we've reviewed so far... There's been some songs where I've said, I'll go back and listen to that song again. Yeah. Even the Bee Gees albums. Every one of those yeah. Bee Gees albums had at least one or two songs where I said, I like that, I'll go back and listen to that again. And I, yeah. apart from the airplane strike and our candidate, you know, there, there isn't much on here that I will bother going back to listen to again. Before we, 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 we give up on the, um, Paul Revere and the, the Raiders, we, we should have the, the uh, a very important discussion about the Raiders themselves. This is this was, by the way, this sort of um, various reviews of this album and, and, and certainly more recent reviews of the re-release of it and, and the repackaging of it describe this as being the Raiders' revolver, which... I don't hear particularly, but uh, I, I guess it's just because it's a sixty sound album. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely definitely put out there as, as being their best. So, um, but what I, I hadn't picked up on was the fact that they put out uh, Louis Louis before the Kingsman. Yeah. Um, and there's a there's a bit of a, a battle about who who had the whose song it is because if you said to me who, who who did Louis Louis, it's the Kingsman, yeah. right? Yeah. But apparently yeah. not. Apparently not. There's a school of thought that tells you that the Raiders did that. Not Paul Revere and the Raiders, the Raiders, which is um, what they were before 
they changed the name, I guess. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so well done for that. But that's, that is a song that's it, worth it listening is. to. It is, yeah, yeah. Well, what about presumably Richard Berry, who wrote that song, he, he, he must have done it. Was he in one of those bands? Or I don't know. Don't know who he was. Did he do a version before any of them? Uh, yeah, you're asking me questions I don't know yeah, the answer to. Yeah, don't know, don't know. So much, yeah. so much to find out. Okay, so, so anyway, so we, so we, 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 we kind of talked about all the songs on there, and you know, it's, it's fine as a background album. I think it works quite well. If I'm doing something else with it on, it's fine. And actually, um, you know, we're going to talk about another album shortly, and I, I can't say the same, same for that. No, because it's not background music. Because it's 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 unusual music. And yes, it, yeah, and it's not. Let, pop. Let, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah. before we go on to that one, uh, let's let's I'll, let's give it a rate at ten, a, a score at oh. ten. I'll I'll go I'll go with mine. I'm gonna give it a four, uh, <laughs> just because, like I say, it's all very well played, uh, but there's just not much there song wise that's gonna get me going back to listen again. Well, I think that's that's very mean of you. I think you're being you're being incredibly mean spirited there, and because there are there are a number of songs that I actually quite like on here. All all the singles I like, um, and plus a couple of others. So I would say there are at least five five possibly even six songs that I would say I like, um, rather than I'm indifferent to. Um, and so I'm I'm going to give it a five and a half. Okay, very good. Okay, so on to that other album then. The other album uh, yeah. that we're talking about today, uh, Permanent Damage uh, by the GTOs, recorded and released yes. in 1969. Uh, yeah. GTOs were um, a band of uh, girls who didn't play, uh, I don't think they could play, instruments. So the band... I, think that, I think that's, that's become quite apparent, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, so the band are basically uh, Jeff Beck, and and a bunch of people who played in Frank Zappa's band uh, last. Yeah, Lowell George, yeah. Davy Jones is quite prominent. Yes, actually. indeed. Yeah, Davy Jones of the Monkees, but I think he's just writing a few songs and maybe singing here and there. Uh, mm. He didn't seem to play much either, but apart from uh, tambourine, it's produced. Rod Stewart's on it. Rod Stewart's on it briefly. Yeah, it, it, it it's produced by Frank Zappa and by mm. Lowell George, who was at the time a member of the Mother's Invention, but soon left to form Little Feet. And a guy called Russ Teitelman, who later on in his career produced some big albums for some big names like George Harrison, Ry Cooder, Randy Newman, Ricky Lee Jones, James Taylor, and the like. But here, uh, the band or the or the vocalists, as they as they um, the self-styled vocalists are, Miss Christine, uh, aka Christian Ann Furker, who was the babysitter for the Zappers at the time, Miss Mercy, aka Mercy Fontenot who later on went on to marry uh, the musician Shoggy Otis. Miss Cinderella, a.k.a. Cynthia Sue Wells, later became Cynthia Cale, because uh, she married John Cale at the Velvet Underground in 1971. Not a particularly happy marriage. They divorced in 1975, and indeed John Cale's songs Guts, which we've discussed on our other podcast before, The Bugger in the Short Sleeves, Fucked My Wife, referring to <laughs> Kevin Ayers sleeping with that very same lady, Miss Cinderella. Uh, Miss Pamela who is Pamela Debar, or Pamela Ann Miller, as she was known there, who's quite well known. She's written a few sort of tell-all tell style books about uh, her lifestyle in the 1960s. And Miss Sandra, who was pregnant at the time uh, and was the partner at that, that time of Cal Schenkel, who was the uh, sort of in-house designer and artist for Zappa and designed loads and loads of Zappa and Beefheart album covers. Um, mm. 
It's a weird... In fact, there's a picture on her on the, on the back of the album, and she, she is visibly pregnant. That's right, yes. And it's, mm. it's, it, the album is made up of, of what might loosely be called songs, uh, of which there are about one, two... Seven. Three, four, five, six or so. Uh, I'm saying then, seven. And then there's some spoken word stuff, including mm. a couple of, sort of phone conversations between Miss Christine and Cynthia Alberton, who was uh, one of the famous plaster casters of Chicago, who used to uh, uh, make plaster casts of uh, famous musicians' cocks. Um, Erect cocks, we have to say. Well, I don't know. They all seem to have gone missing, apparently. Some, some other <laughs> guy who, was, who was worked for Zappa basically took them and said, well, I'm going to keep these for exhibition one day, and then, and then Cynthia had to do a court case to get them back. Um, mm. And then there's various spoken words bits and also bits that are kind of st- poems almost, poems that are recited in unison by several voices. Uh, <laughs> so where do you want to start? With the songs, the poems, the... What do you want? Well, it's interesting that you, you've, you've said that because that's exactly what I've, I've written down here, songs and some comments about the songs and then I've, I've kind of written down key phrases from the rest of the, the, the jibber-jabber. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean... Let's start with the songs, yeah, then. Let's start, let's with, start the songs. with the songs. And the only thing I wanted to, to say is is that um, something that I found quite interesting was uh, I'm, I quite like some of Frank Zappa's oeuvre, mm-hmm. um, uh, but if you were going to push me on my favourite album, I would say Hot Rats is, is by far my favourite Frank Zappa record. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, Miss Christine is on the cover of that. Right. That's her. Well, That's her on that. I... I... I'm, uh, I'm a little bit familiar with a couple of Frank Zappa albums, but from quite a bit later than this one. But I looked up which ones were sort of concurrent with this, and I, I, I took a listen to Hot Rats, which I also knew was your favourite. It doesn't sound anything like this, does it? It's jazz. No, it sounds like music. It's jazz. Um, there's, yeah. there's not much jazz influence on this album. I'm not quite sure no. what the musical influence is. It, it's all over the place. Um, the, I quite yeah. like some of the songs... What, what what stands in the way of them being more enjoyable is the yeah. singing because what they're doing on most of the songs is they've got several of the girls all singing at the same time in unison. Mm. And what, what you can clearly hear is that some of them can sing. Some of them can carry a tune and sing in tune, but some of them can't. And when mm. you combine that, you know, if you, if you had just one person singing slightly out of tune, it would be far more mm-hmm. easy to listen to than one person singing slightly out of tune with others. You know, it, it's, it's really clashing. And it, that's what makes it difficult to listen to at, in places. And the first song, which I no. think, Eureka Springs Garbage Lady, the first song is, is probably the worst offender for this. Yes. But it's actually a great... I really, really like the song. I think <laughs> song, it, there's a really good song in there that someone else should cover... Uh, and you know, I actually really, really like it. Um, yeah. I can't say that for most many of the other songs. It's the um, the, the 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 captain's. What's the one about the captain's shoes? Captain Factory's shoes, which, yes. which is which is about uh, Captain Beefheart's footwear. Yes, and it's kind of like an out of tune honky tonk Wild West piano, and a, and a sort of Jew's harp thing, uh, and and some sort of. I like the lyrics. The lyrics are quite funny. And it's, it's just... That's a Davy Jones song, isn't it? Yeah. That, well, you like that one. It's, it's There's been, a twangy noise on it that she's quite good, but, yeah, you're absolutely that, right. That's it's, the it's, it's, it, Ah, OK. Yeah. There's the, it's the, the... As you say, it's the, the, 
the inability to harmonise and, and the singing all together, it just reminded me of um, school choirs. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, and it's, it's very... I, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know that there's, there's much to that song either. I think they, the, uh, all I noted down about the Eureka Springs garbage lady was was um, wildly singing her song is one of the lines in there, and I think that, that is actually appropriate to describe the song yeah. and how it's, how it's delivered. Um, I did like a couple, though. The, ne- the next song, the uh, the Do Me In Once and I'll Be Sad, Do Me In Twice and I'll Know Better, yeah. Circular yeah. Circulation, that's not bad. Yes, uh, and, and there's only one person singing on that, isn't there, I think? Yes, yeah. I think that's uh, right. But... No, there isn't. Sorry, there isn't. I'm getting confused with another one. It's that's kind of a country song, and again, somebody yeah. else would come along and cover that and sing it properly, and uh, it's a good song. That it's a good song. Uh, I can't say the same for TV Lives, which is just one chord going on for about a minute and uh, some other stuff. Um, the the I, keyboard riff's all right though, isn't it? I mean, the, 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 there's there's something there. You could you could make a song out of it. It may be, yeah, maybe. Uh, I have a paintbrush in my hand to colour a triangle. Uh, is That's all right. In brackets, Mercy's tune. Uh, it's a pretty standard blues rock tune, and Miss mm. Mercy can sing okay. So that one's all right, but it's blues yeah. rock, which I'm not particularly keen on. So so it passed me by a bit, but it's all right. Uh, right, Cuda's on that. Yeah, you, you can hear the slide guitar on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all right. That that was actually the closest to any sort of Beefheart song. That that sounded a bit like something that could have been on uh, Safe as Milk, which I think was out the, around the yeah. same time. Yeah, I can hear I can hear that. Yeah, um, that one with Rod Stewart on uh, is rubbish, yeah. in my opinion. It's, Absolutely it's, rubbish. To say it's a bit slight on content is 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 overpraising it. Uh, it's just it's a bunch of people playing. Uh, a, a couple of chords and Rod Stewart singing over and over and going to let me go and it's rubbish yeah. uh, I think he really didn't want to be let go didn't he I think yeah. he was he was almost certainly being held there against his will and then um, the, the other song that's written by Davy Jones as far as I can tell the songs that are written by Davy Jones I think it's probably the, the word the music is written by Davy Jones and the words of the Captain's Factor Razor Shoes were written by all of the GTOs and then the last uh, song on the album I'm in love with the Goo Goo Man um, ooh, ooh, man. Ooh, man, sorry, yes. Uh, and um, that's written by Davy Jones and Pamela Ann Miller, who I'm presuming is the singer of it. And it's kind of a garage rocking girl group pop song. Uh, and again, it's singing's right. not that great, but I really like that one. I really yeah, like it's it. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. That, that, that is definitely a song. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, the chorus goes, I'm in love with the ooh, ooh, man. He was born and raised in Schnitschnitland, and yeah. his first name is the same as his first. So, you know, you can't argue with that kind of uh, no. logic. Um, uh, yeah, and then there's <laughs> the, the, little, the bits later on where it goes, ooh, 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 schnit, schnit, schnit. And then it's got these sort of weird spoken word interventions when she shouts out stuff like, I'm going to go and put on my rubber chicken soup with the beak, uh, and that kind of stuff. Right like up your that. street, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it, I like that. It's it's a daft girl group stuff, so it is right up my street. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I mean, I mean, there are there are at least two or three songs on it. Yes, we, yes. we, we can we can give that. But That's the rest right. of it, the rest of that chatter. How how many times could you listen to? Well, it? I have listened to it. I think I've listened to the whole album probably six or seven times. And I haven't including. skipped any of it. it, but including those those chatter bits. 
Now, those are interesting as a kind of historical, um, you know, archive thing. Are they? It, well, some of them. Some of them, yeah. The, 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 um, the phone conversations I could live without. Uh, the, the bits, the poems, the poems are quite good, actually. I think they're quite good. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to go back and listen to them, but they're quite well-written poems. Uh, there's a bit. I mean, it hasn't dated well, has it? Let's let's. No. That's a kind way of saying it. I mean, there's one called "Wouldn't it be sad if there were no cones?" Which, um, you know, <laughs> if there's a borderline between what's racist and not what's not racist, then that's quite a long way past that borderline, I think. <laughs> um, it, they're talking about cones are soul brothers, and they're um, yeah. It, let's just move on from that. I mean, it, it's it's very dated. Um, the one about love on an eleven-year-old level. You heard that one, yeah? It's, it, where she's... You're, you're cutting out, so I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I can't hear you. There's another one called Love on an Eleven-Year-Old Level, where the girls are do this poem about an eleven-year-old boy who looks like Brian Jones, and what they want to do with him. Again, it's not dated very well. Uh, I actually think it's quite funny, but it's but it's you know it's. Uh, in, 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 <laughs> In poor taste, shall we say? Uh, yeah, and then most of the rest of the <laughs> yes, stuff. Yes. And it's, it's well, in... before before you you, you go on to all this, I, I was just want to say we put a, put out um, a poll on our Twitter feed, um, asking people to tell us what they thought of this. So basically, the question was. Um, we're chatting about this album tonight. Uh, let us know if you think it is a a work of genius, b utter tripe. C, one of Zappa's jokes. Yeah. Or yeah. D, historically interesting. Somebody has actually agreed with you that it is historically interesting. Yeah. But there, there, is, a, there is currently a 50-50 split between right. historically interesting and utter drive. And I'd just like to point out, that's not me. I haven't voted on it, uh, so it would be slightly more... It is historically interesting. There's, I was reading an article the other day. There's a documentary coming out, and it's called... Um, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, it's named after... Look, it's called Look Away, and it's named after the Iggy Pop song, Look Away. And it is... Uh, I don't know how successful it will be, but it's an attempt to kind of start up a Me Too kind of movement in the music industry by talking about all these girls and all this rather sordid business that went on in the 60s and 70s and no doubt still goes on today with, you know, rock stars getting with very, very, very young girls. And the, the song Rodney that's on here, it, I've been doing a bit of research about who that guy is, Rodney Bingenheimer. And he is a guy who started up a, a club in Los Angeles called, I think it was called the English Disco, but it was kind of renowned for the English rock stars when they're touring, they go to this place and he basically supplying, I mean, I'm not saying he was pay, paid to do so, but he, he's basically providing a service of underage girls and there's a there's a joke at the well, one joke if you can call it that at the end of the that Rodney bit where that where one of them says oh you know if can you introduce me to um Ringo Starr and I'll and I'll I'll introduce you to my 11 year old sister uh but that's yeah. it is a joke but it's 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 rather close to what was actually going on uh and when I, you, it's not exactly not really funny no I mean it might have been at the time it's not funny. It would be funny, a little bit funny, were it not for the fact that that, that, that actually was going on. Mm. Um, and some pretty big names amongst some of the biggest 
names in English music amongst those involved in it. Uh, so it's all a bit cringe now, uh, you know, yes. to, to, when you when you listen to it. It makes me feel a bit uneasy. Absolutely. Uh, I, that, that's totally my feeling too. I wrote, wrote down it hasn't aged well. But I'd just like to, to summarise it for you. I mean, people may not have heard this album who were, who were potentially listening to us discuss it. Um, and I think I can summarise in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven sort of quotes from the, the spoken bit. So these are the, this is what I picked out as being kind of key, gives you a feel for it. Um, I obviously can't do the delivery justice, um, but nevertheless, these are the key things. So um, B-O, that was uh, one thing on there. Um I was so deadly to her. That was quite interesting from a, a language point of view, I suppose. Um, hey now, hey now, hey now, I could kiss your thigh. Mm -hmm. That seemed to be a repeated refrain. Uh, yonder comes a soft car. Uh, we have a friend called Rodney Bingheimer. Um, and everybody's all right. And Rod Stewart, please, 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 let me get me out of here. Let me, get, let me go. I yeah. mean... It's guff and and not very not very pleasant guff and and I really don't want to hear it again. Right. Okay. Well, I I I've actually quite enjoyed listening to it, but because <laughs> I find it interesting. And but you're that's... a pervert, obviously. That's, that's <laughs> the, yeah. and and I'm and I'm I find it interesting, and I actually think there's some decent songs there. Unfortunately, not 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 played. Sorry, not sung very well. Uh, mm. By the way, I used uh, the Wikipedia, using the website Wikipedia, and another website yeah. that I discovered called Shagtree, which is kind of like an IMDb. This doesn't sound good. You uh, shouldn't be putting uh, this out. It's not, no, 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 yeah. Don't be putting your name to these things. It's kind of like an IMDb of who slept with who. Oh, um, Jesus. And I've managed to compile a list here of the members of the GTOs and who's on that website of people that they have slept with. Uh, ah. So, um, uh, uh, and this is just the ones that are on that website that people... And this is no about. judgment, right? This is just, no, just no, fact. It's, you know, it's, it's just fact. Absolutely no judgment. No judgment on the girls at all. Mm. If, if there's mm. any judgment, it's on these, these blokes for sleeping with what were very, very young, impressionable girls. And, mm. uh, you know, abusing their own power and influence to, to do the, all that. Uh, mm. But anyway, here we go. Here's a list of yeah. them. Name and shame. Uh, Don Van Vliet. Uh, uh, Captain Beefheart, Frank Zappa, Bill Wyman. I mean, who knew he was into young well, people? Uh, <laughs> Mick Jagger, Jimmy Page, Robert Plummett, yeah. Keith Moon, yeah. Nick St. Nicholas of Steppenwolf, Noel yeah. Redding, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Chuck Berry, Chris Hillman and Graham Parsons of The Birds, Waylon Jennings, Alice Cooper, Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix, said him already, sorry, uh, Russell Mayo from The Sparks, Michael Richards off of Seinfeld, Jonathan Richman, Woody Allen, Don Johnson off of Miami Vice, Terence Trent Darby, and former Ipswich Town midfielder Arnold Muren. Now, <laughs> only one of those... A bit of an outlier there. Only one of those have I made up. <laughs> really? Only one? Only one, yes. Yeah, absolutely, no. only one. Uh, yeah, you can do a rather upsetting sort of six degrees of Kevin Bacon style uh, game on that website when you kind of click through, uh, you know, and, you know, and see. You can get from uh, Warren Beatty to Lucas Haas, who is the, uh, he's grown up now, but he was the, the little boy in the film Witness. You can get from Warren Beatty to Lucas Haas in about three moves, if you know which way to go. 
Um, I, th- I, I think we should, we should we should probably stop there because yeah, uh, it's yeah. almost certainly libelous. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's give let's give it a score then. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, shall I go first? Well, I I I would say there are two songs that that are okay. Um, do me in once and I'll be sad. Do me in twice and I'll know better. I quite like that. And I have a paintbrush in my hand to colour a triangle. That's all right. I'm in love with you, man. Is okay. Um, everything else is awful. <laughs> so I'm giving it a two. Okay. Well, I think I liked it more than you then because um, I did find it historically interesting and I did quite like the poems. Uh, I thought they were quite well written and I thought that some of the words were quite good and I, I, I really quite liked the Ooh Man and I really quite liked the opening track. Um, I not, didn't like much else, but uh, I did find it interesting and I didn't mind each time I went back to listen to it again, I really didn't mind it. In fact, in some ways, I was looked forward to it more than I looked forward to listening to uh, the Paul Revere one. Uh, Make of that what you will. But I think that was just because it was unusual and interesting. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half. (laughs) So it's slightly more than Van Dyke Parks' album, which is still the lowest score I've given to anything else. You you like that more than Van Dyke Parks. He will be... Very upset to hear that. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, we've mentioned quite a lot in, in this this uh, show, The Rolling Stones, and as uh, appropriately, actually, because the, the next one, we start to to, to listen to them. Um, so Robert Pollard's got... He's, on his next tape, he's put together uh, their Satanic Majesty's Request and Beggar's Banquet from the Stones. So we're going to be talking about those next time we get together. Robert Pollard's Guide to the Late 60s is a Trust the Wizards production. You can find out more at pollard60s.com and on Twitter at pollard60s. If you liked it, then please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You may also enjoy their other podcast, which you can find at trustthewizards.com. Original music by the Malibu Storks. Kika Revelves and Chorizo Garbanzo are currently appearing in Waiting for Godot at the Mail Theatre in Leeds.